You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hey, hockey fans. Have you ever needed an excuse to buy a new jersey? Would winning a cool hockey gift card be reason enough? Well, from May 1st to June 1st, any jersey purchased through our link will automatically enter you into a draw to win a $175 gift card to coolhockey.com. All you have to do is go to www.coolhockey.com slash THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network. Buy the jersey that you should already have by now, Panarin, Kako, heck, maybe even Adam Fox. Then go on Twitter and tell us which jersey you ordered so we can connect you with your purchase for the live drawing on June 6th. That's it. Anybody who buys a jersey through our link before June 1st will have a shot at a $175 gift card thanks to our friends at Cool Hockey. Oh, and if we see 10 sold by May 15th, we'll make it a $200 gift card. So make sure to use promo code THPN for 30% off. It's about $75. One last time, that's www.coolhockey.com THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network. So what are you waiting for? It's finally time to get that Kako jersey, Panarin, Fox. You buy one, you can get a chance to win a gift card, and then you can have two, which, as everyone knows, is better than one. So visit www.coolhockey.com slash THPN today. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we're back with episode 59, as Andy and I will just be shooting shit about the New York Rangers. Uh, got a couple questions to be answered, and we're going to kind of wing it and go, and go from there, and, and hopefully we answer some questions that you might have as you're just sitting there waiting for something to happen, as you're just poking the NHL with a stick, hoping that it has some life to it at all as you know we basically sit in quarantine i know a lot of places outside of new york area the metropolitan area have opened back up which is a, a very positive sign uh, because you know once those smaller businesses and essential services start all opening back up uh hopefully you know the last phase will be sports and and that will uh and that will bring back the new york rangers and and the nhl all together Still don't know what they're going to do with the draft. They kind of just did the old uh, Homer Simpson where he's just backing 
they announced something and then they slowly backed into the weeds. Andy, do you want to just give give everyone an update on uh, what what they're doing and and just you know how they're approaching it now after the last proposal was kind of just turned down by the GMs? Sure. So it seems like since we spoke about it on our last podcast that there was all that talk that no matter what we would hear something within the week uh, or possibly two weeks about what is going to be the playoff format and what is the fate of the lottery hasn't happened. Nothing's come out. It sounds like there's been lots of little leaks from beat writers saying that there's major pushback and then they, they suggest something else. And then that seems to be the leading, you know, the leading horse in the race. And then there's pushback on that because you're dealing with, uh, 31 uh, general managers with very different needs. Um, you know, the interesting thing in this thing is usually as the commissioner, Gary Bettman's job is to make them money. But as a commissioner, like, he, you know, he answers to them. But I think this is the one of the very few situations where he is almost in. He he's faced with a, a task that's near impossible in that placate because it's it affects everyone and is like pl- coming up with a interim decision one time only thing to put that will perfectly placate all of them and it's not going to happen so it's funny i've actually heard that he has stood his ground a lot on a lot of things um because you know i'm sure some gms are like you know half the bubble guys want you know much to, maybe to some fan like you and i chagrin are making a fuss that they're not in the playoffs if they can't they if they're not in the playoffs they want to be guaranteed uh it's worth their while in the form of like a a high pick, but there's other teams I think that are GMs where their jobs are on the line and they were given an ultimatum of making the playoffs. So they could be like, look, we made the playoffs. Yes, it was a, it took a pandemic, but you don't have to fire me, you know, because I, I did what I said I was going to do, you know, even if it, that's uh Stan Bowman in, in uh, Chicago, what? even though they'll, they, uh, so right now the leading, uh, not to cut you off, but the leading uh, format for the, is rumored to be a 24 team based on points percentage that would have teams bubble teams like the Rangers slot over to the final spot in the Atlantic and teams like Chicago, even though they're probably dead last in their division, they would make the cup uh, as well, you know, so, which is interesting. And well, from there, well, two things I got off that, the one that sparked uh, where I wanted to interrupt you was that I think this goes for all sports. This kind of pandemic was almost a restart for a lot of GMs, mm-hmm. coaches, and uh, just management altogether. Saying like, like no one could be fired during during this, right? Like no one's gonna be fired over this season because you don't even know how it finished yet. And yeah, it's like, and I, like honestly, the only team where I can see major moves happening was the Sharks. Like they were the most underwhelming team I think in the NHL this year. Like it's a shock that they're they are where they are like i know they had some injuries but like you're talking about a team that's going to be drafting in the top three potentially like almost guaranteed now well the only only, james the only problem with that uh they they are not drafting the top three they would be owned by ottawa yeah but they do have a first round pick though they're um i forget i forget whose pick that is but um you know, let me just pull up a tankathon. That's always nice. Well, and then, you know, the, the second part I wanted to say was that, you know, with the way the season is, they're going to have to just say that 
Because, all right, there's going to be teams that probably were going to be favored to win the Stanley Cup, and they're going to play in the playoffs in the summer, in the late summer, and they're going to get knocked out first round. And then, yeah. and then, and then what? Like you, you brought them back for a week. Now, now they're knocked out. You know they're going to be, you know, crying and bitching and moaning and saying, "Well, all right, we got knocked out early. We're now, you know, the twenty fourth team, worst team in the league because it's only a twenty four team playoff. Where's our draft pick? That's the order that you're going to have to go in. Um, yeah, unless." And- no, I was going to say, unless no. you do the draft choices by the way the standings currently are, which I think would I, be I, the fairest. I think that's what they're going to do. I think it's going to, uh, I think it's going to, to be in terms of what the current standings are. They're just going to, they're going to cut first it first 68 and, games. Yeah. It should just be your yeah. first 68 games. First 68 games. Point percentage. Yeah. And I, I think, I don't, I know they're, we had heard there was considerable pushback on doing the whole where you can only jump up four slots. Um, I do wonder if it's like every team that's outside, you know, I, I do have a, a sinking feeling that if you are in the playoffs, you will be ineligible to, for a lottery pick or maybe the first, just the first overall, but that's my general sense. I I'm, I'm feeling because it's like, you know, that's obviously everyone's nightmare scenario, or at least that's what the GMs are putting forward as their nightmare scenario is like, we don't want this team getting hot, winning the cup and then winning uh, somehow winning a, whatever as astronomically borderline uh, in, you know, unlikely that might be. <laughs> so, Can, well, and yeah. then here's another thing too. It's like, especially with the draft and just the NHL in general, like, why don't, if I'm, if I'm Batman, I understand it all comes down to money. I really do. Mm-hmm. But at the same yeah. time, like, can't you say like to the GMs, be like, there's a pan because of the pandemic, this is what we're going to do. And it's, it's final say like your first 60, this is what I would do if I was him. I was like, we'll look, we'll look back out of it, at it right now. But what we're going to do is everyone's played 68 games. Your first 68 games, and we're going to take your point percentage. That's how we're going to do the draft order. All right. And then this 2014 playoffs. Yeah. You're going to be eligible to win the Stanley cup because guess what? At the end of the day, you're, it's going to be known as the pandemic cup. You're not going to be real Stanley cup champions. And anyone who says that it's a real Stanley cup knows nothing about hockey because it's, it's tampered. The whole season's tampered. Like it, it means nothing at the end of the day. Do I want to watch hockey? Yes. Do I want to be able to watch hockey this summer? Absolutely. I'm with you a thousand percent on that. Do I want the players to be safe? Of course. Do I want, you know, management and staff workers and the people that are involved in this whole get up to be safe? Absolutely. That's the number one priority. But if they can safely do this, everyone needs to realize that this is not a real Stanley Cup. Am I crazy for thinking this? No, it's because you're absolutely right. It's the the pandemic cup. Like, yeah, the correct the uh, the correct number of teams that should be allowed to be in the playoffs is zero, <laughs> but that's not the case. You know what right. I mean? It's so. And well, the funny thing is, we've already some players have either as an aside or publicly said that like they don't want to, or they just don't see how it's going to work out. I think Mitch Marner was like gaming, and he said, 
you know, my buddy Max Domi in is diabetic. Like, what if he gets sick? He's if he gets sick, he it's a right. it's a much different. Like, you know, yes, we're we're mostly healthy young young guys, but you know, he's got it. He's got a pre existing condition. Like, and, I don't not, know. And not to mention so, the the players and with their families, it's like okay, they come back and they get knocked out in a week, and then two more weeks away from their family. Let's just say they they had it and they brought it back, showing no symptoms, and their little kid gets sick and and stuff yeah. like that. You know how awful like those players would feel, and it's just yeah. And you're gonna have to; they're gonna have to be uh, pre-quarantined for a period of time, so that's extra time away from the family. And yeah, and then it's just, you know, it's it sounds like it's gonna happen no matter what at this point. But right. it well, Batman, so many... they need the money, which is like I oh, understand yeah. that, but at the same time, it's like you need the money. You you can throw it up on TV. You're definitely not gonna have any fans. Um, no, no, you're gonna, you're, not. Then everyone, uh, not this spin off here but you know the ahl canceled their season you know just for the remainder of the year there'll be nothing for the ahl which makes sense because they don't yeah. really make any money off tv anyway no they're gay revenue i mean yeah they're so they can't have fans it's just a waste of time for them um yeah. the it will be interesting though with the ahl players unavailable do you think they'll have expanded rosters if they do bring this back uh it's weird i think <sighs> Well, that's the other thing, because they were saying it's like, oh, obviously they might need to be available as black aces or all this other other stuff. Or I don't know, because they obviously going into the playoffs, there's that rule that you only have so many for the end of the regular season for call ups. You know what I mean? So I don't yeah. know if they're going to suspend that, how that factors in. Uh, I like because it's either for the AHL guys, I either want it to be like that I'm available and can get called into to play if possible, because that's obviously a good career move for them. But yeah. just to be a black ace. No, like I don't, want, I, I'm not going to be away from my family just so I can help, uh, you know, my parent club tune up for the, like what's well, in it for me? Like if there's well, more yeah, I don't money. Know, well, yeah, that's the thing. You're going to be, have to be signed. Like if they well, said, all right, we're going to add 10 players to your roster and you can have like, they're, cause they're going to come back first to a mini camp whether that's two weeks, week, whatever. You can't just have guys show up and start playing a full NHL game. The players wouldn't even allow that. I don't even think the training staff would allow mm. that. Like That would just be literally suicide on, on behalf of the NHL because you know how many players would just get hurt after not being able... First of all, like the rinks are shut down. Yeah. Like, there's, no, like, there's no men's league anymore, Like so there's no ice. So unless they have a private rink, and I'm sure some of them do have access to that, especially the European guys that went home, but at the same time, it's like, it's like there's got to be some sort of thing. And I would expand the rosters. I would give like, you know, you get 10 extra roster spots heading into this. And I'm not saying that like it's, yeah. it's you're there for emergency. You sign them accordingly. I'm sure they can easily come up with a, a system of pay. And if I'm 18, 19, 20, even, you know, 24 years old and I'm an AHLer, yeah, of course I, I'd go for an extra few dollars. You know, you don't make much anyway as an AHL player. So, yeah, this is work. Uh, if, you know, they're pretty much, you know, at that point they have to pretty much guarantee your safety and health. So I would do it. Yeah, um, no, that's, that's that. Yeah. That and under that auspice, that does make sense. What I just, you know, I think with all this, what I keep, and this is AHL and HL, whatever, is that what's going to happen to the first player that says no, like, because I, I understand there's money. The same question. Yeah. Well, well. Here, so here, like Nick Foligno's daughter has like a congenital heart defect, and she like has had multiple surgeries. I think both last year and this year. 
what if he's like it's not worth it like i'm not for this like i can't risk it like she is has a pre-existing condition like yeah like there's people like and you know, one thing for, yeah, like yeah max don't or max don't me like i'm not uh not to <laughs> as in a rare uh wrestling crossover i know roman reigns has not been taking part because he's got luke he had leukemia or something and he's like they're one of their major players so he's like i'm not gonna while this is going on i'm not gonna wrestle or whatever yeah so but it's the same thing it's like what happens does he get a pass are you going to penalize him is he gonna lose out on money like you know and that's that's what it is interesting to me is that does he go they, against the cap and yeah if you do bring they, something back you know what i mean like yeah it's so we it's just there are so many other little obstacles you know what i mean it's like do i trust if i'm a guy like max domi do i trust the national hockey league to i mean they'll probably i'm sure they'll try to do everything they can but like am i that confident that nothing's going to happen like well yeah it's it's scary well i mean like the big time players you know they might be turning down but like does that money go against like the cap if like say max domi he you know probably makes um Actually, I don't even know how much Max Domi makes. It's got to be. He probably makes around five million. Yeah, five is going to say five or six million, maybe. Um, does his money come off? Like, say he refuses, does his money come off the books? Because I don't know. Let's just say you bring back a player that, you know, or two players, or five players, whatever. You know, I know obviously the rosters get expanded a little bit, but like, you know, are they going to say you can bring, uh, you're going to have ten players at your camp, and then because usually at camp, don't you want enough players there to scrimmage? Two full teams. Uh, yeah, Max Domi's in his last year of his contract, and he makes three point one million dollars. Oh, I well, he'll make around five or six. Yeah, he sure. well, he's he's RFA, but still, he'll make. Yeah, I think he. I think Montreal needs stars. There, you know, even though he's not a superstar, they'll give him. They'll give him what he wants. Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, yeah, and and then you know they're gonna they're there's so many like moving parts to this. This is like so. Everything like the more I think, the more I talk yeah, through. I get head, more questions. The, yeah. the whole <laughs> rabbit hole for sure. Um, yeah. And then, like, yeah. and then you know, what happens if coaches say no? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know any coaches that have like family members that are sick or something like that. But like, you know, I would imagine that some are in those circumstances. Like, say coaches say no, and then what? Like, yeah, you know, imagine going to play and one of the head coaches said no. You know it'd be uh yeah it'd be, it'd be wild weird. i mean I, I mean obviously that wouldn't be the end of the world but like it'd be crazy like it all takes is one person to do it one superstar or one big uh you know management group original six you know could you imagine the toronto maple leafs are like yeah no my players don't want to play like what am what am i supposed to do <laughs> yeah uh it's and that's the weird thing is that we haven't for as slow as information is being disseminated, we we've only really gotten the perspective of what the league's uh, thoughts are. We haven't really heard much from the PA because obviously they're waiting for a concrete thing to be made before they can go yes or no. And I'm sure they're having comp constant talks with uh, you know the league. But you know, I think that obviously the biggest thing is that the effect of revenue on escrow and their earning potential going forward, obviously. So yeah, and caps yeah. and how that might hurt their uh, their job security in terms of if like you know as a, a stagnant cap means a little less money overall for uh, eligible for players in the future. So yeah. Now, do you think that if say the NBA chooses to cancel their season, do you think the NHL will have to follow suit? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, 
I would yeah. think so. If the NBA cancels, the optics are too, or I think, are too much to overcome. Because was it I you think- that told me that even though LeBron James came out and said, yeah, we'll play, we'll play, that other players in the league were like, I think, weren't they? Speak for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, easy, like, easy they, for they, you to say. They texted you know, everybody in the NBA and had them vote. You know, like, and no, obviously, everyone's vote is unanimous or not unanimous is um the confidential. Yeah, confidential, and yeah. you voted for it. And you know, I, apparently, a lot of the pulse of the league was that like nobody wants to come back because think yeah. about the NBA. You're all sharing one ball. You're all sweating on each other to play defense. It like yeah. literally takes only one person and then 10 people on the court will have it. Exactly. It's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I think it's one of those things that if the NBA did cancel their season outright, no more postseason, no nothing. I think the NHL, because the NBA, luckily for the NBA, they get a way bigger piece of the pie from their television deal. Yeah. Whereas, uh, the NHL, even though the TV deal is important, they are still primarily a, a, rev- a gate revenue league too. So, but and and also like we had mentioned that they have already NBC they have already been paid outright by NBC. So apparently, uh, and Sportsnet and whoever other TV providers. So it would uh, go against like a it would go basically they it would be overdrafted for next uh, year for them. Like they would have to. Well, I was going to ask like it, the games that do come back is that a done deal with nbc sports well that's the other well i mean i'm not sure like i'm not sure because i know that uh i forget when their tv deal is coming up but you know there was talk is now out how many games that i think the rangers played 68 right yeah so the rangers would be out like maybe seven home games well yeah well the thing is so usually you get uh all the local you get your first everyone gets the first round like your local markets and that's it right okay so, yeah 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 so you know but there was also talk of that obviously if they do this with the hub cities and the playoffs and the whatever that they're going everyone they're only going to have what try to have one camera crew there and never it's just going to be like a master feed you know what i mean so let's say nbc sends their personnel but they let uh, sportsnet tap into it or msg or yeah root sports or whatever um and uh, yeah, because obviously it makes no sense to have that many people there. You have to have as little personnel there as possible. And if we could just have one camera crew and then just the league broker or something, that's like they're going to just tap in your feed and, you know, whatever. Well, maybe they'll they'll each throw you a little bit because it keeps them safe. But you guys get extra money or whatever. I don't know how it works, but you know what they should do. Um, and this is a brilliant what? idea that I had. And I said it on the actually Morning Skate podcast was that um, they what they need to do is find out how many fans they're allowed in the stadium. Let's just say it was five fans per team, right? Mm-hmm. And okay. every, you throw $100 for a buy-in, right? To raise mm-hmm. money for COVID relief, you know, for, for, you know, for anything. COVID relief. It's $100 for a raffle. And five fans get chosen out of the raffle to get to go to all these games. With the and they get their own. They they get their own section. Yeah, you can spread them sections, out. Sections. Yeah, you know. sections. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it would be sweet to see. You know the. Although I think he lost all that weight, but you know the CBJ had the the, the heavy set guy who used to paint his chest and do like the truffle shuffle, like in the audience. Mm-hmm. It would be great to have an empty arena. Him just going nuts in the stands, like wiggling his belly and all that. Although, like oh, I said, absolutely. he lost a lot of weight. He looks amazing now. So good for him. But could you imagine like just 
gritty like i said i mean even just like if you, the flyers were in obviously you know just have gritty sitting there in the stands gritty would do so much like the people behind gritty you know i and it pains me because i obviously hate the flyers but um the people behind gritty and just is they're absolutely brilliant with the antics because they're always so funny like just you obviously the play would f- fly over and it, it would just be static gritty in the background doing something else like yeah be reading a book or something like he because he would do like stuff like that that's not just like a mascot like cheering or shaking a pom-pom or whatever he would like you would go and he would be all of a sudden he'd be like upside down you'd only see his legs sticking out because he'd be standing on his head or whatever under the yeah seat. yeah or it, he would have like his own section like they would have brought a couch and he would be sitting on it eating popcorn whatever they just they they would have fun with it um yeah so and that's you know, you and I have said this to death that if this is going to go ahead, like do the, just make it the weird, like steer into the, into the curve and make it like the weirdest, most surreal. Like, you know, there was talk about having a DJ play music at all times. So it's not just quiet and weird. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, that was another thing too. I mean, do you think these networks are going to pump in fan noise? They had talked about that too. That's so weird. <laughs> like, it's it's going to be strange. I mean, I'd almost I, like I said, I, I that's don't try I, that normalizes it, and I under I guess I understand, but I'd almost rather it be like weird. You know, I'm still waiting for the day that they, I hear that the Florida Panthers pump fan noise in, because that's what it's going to be. Do. It's going to be like watching a Panthers game. Yeah, like, like not a Rangers game because there's a lot of Rangers fans down there. But you're telling yeah. me, you know, a Rangers. Uh, I'm sorry, a, a you know Panthers Arizona Coyotes game. Like no, there's going to be maybe 1500 fans in the whole building if that. Yeah. You know, I mean there I know there's been a lot of talk about um with no fans there that it's going to be like eerie and hard to get motivated. I don't necessarily know if that's the case because it's like there's plenty of no, international hockey tour, especially at the junior level. There's so many like of these international tournament, uh, sorry, excuse me, tournaments like whatever the World Junior A and Holinka uh, uh, Gretzky and all this other stuff that sorry. doesn't have fans. Sorry, that's all right. <laughs> yeah, so it, like, there's all these like you know, there's so many international tournaments that don't have fans, and the the hockey's good, and their players are competitive, and it's not like. You know, but yeah. I understand at least from from a fan viewing standpoint to have like clear quality in an empty arena might be weird. Well, the only thing I would, you know, as a player, yeah, of course it'd be weird, but there'd be a it's a different type of weird. It's not like all of a sudden there's no fans. Like first off, you know there's going to be no fans there, and number two, you know that millions of people are going to be watching you on TV. Like like hockey, it'll be the most watched sports maybe of all time during yeah. the pandemic you know what i mean yeah and like, I, that's the same thing begging for sports to watch anything it'll be the most watched hockey of all time for sure yeah. on the tv this will um, definitely be the most watched nhl draft of all time oh yeah you know yeah, yeah absolutely so, well that's why it I think when they have it not early. yeah well and i think that's why it's probably most likely going to be early because they you know they it's a good revenue op- opportunity for them uh and the interest will never be higher, you know, especially if they're like, we're not going to, you're not going to get any hockey until uh, possibly August. So, but you know, it, at the uh, June 5th or whatever they end up saying um, is, you know, is going to be the draft. 
you is know, it, or whatever. They st- they haven't moved away from that date. Uh, I mean, I haven't heard anything different. They they were basically early June is still what they say, but we're getting close. It's already the fifteenth, so I you know I think I don't may, I don't think it'll be June fifth now because it's like you know we're too close. I don't think they're just going to be like uh. I think they have given scouts the heads up that they. I think it, it was said to them that listen, um, you like this is happening so you you better do your video and look at your and refine your list now because another thing that's been brought up that is a good point is that a lot of scouts uh their contracts end on july 1st and Mm. you know they're a big part of the process and they're you're paying them for their their expertise their input and their yeah and so obviously going into next season things are gonna be different and obviously a lot of the teams especially the you know the smaller market teams are probably going to cut down their rosters a bit they're they're going to furlough people or they're going to try to move to a a more video based system you know just paying someone to to capture video or tap into it or just acquire it however they can and then do you know they're not going to pay guys to especially cuz they don't know what the travel implications will be you know so um but yeah so i think it's i think it's for the most i still think it's supposed to be an earlier draft maybe it's pushed back a little bit now but it's not it's not it will i think it will be before the the playoffs or at least it might be the if it's during it would be interesting but uh it's possible but i i think they want to do it before yeah I, well realistically they're not going to be able to play hockey probably until august i would imagine yeah, yeah and, pretty much and like even if they did bring in a camp mid july you're still looking at an august um start date yeah excuse me um but yeah let's get into some i know you had some new york rangers news about them uh you know signing a couple college players and uh obviously niels lundquist no uh it's spelled differently and also no relation to hank uh he is swedish though um but uh before we get to that i told everybody on the last podcast that I was getting, I was getting the COVID uh, antibody test and I, Oh, and I, I do not, I don't know what the result I never asked. I yeah. totally forgot. So, so I, sorry, the floor is yours. Sorry. I was negative for antibodies, unfortunately. Uh, so I didn't have it. Um, my old roommate uh, and uh, one of my good friends, he tested positive for it. Oh. So he had it at some point uh, and didn't really affect him. So that's also good news. Yes, and then that uh, is good news. Yeah, so let's get into uh, some some of the New York Rangers. Sign. Yeah, so uh, the biggest news uh, this week is that the Rangers convinced uh, Tyler Wall to sign uh, his ELC, which was kind of surprising because it had seemed like he was uh, he had he had completed all um, four years at, of college, so that was going to bring him to free agency and given the the gluttony of uh I'm sorry the glut of goaltenders the Rangers currently have it was kind of I think the, pr- the predominant wisdom was that he was going to walk and try to sign with another team as a free agent but uh, I don't know how they did they they convinced him which is yeah and I mean honestly this is a good this is obviously a good thing for the Rangers uh, he had one maybe uh, subpar year at UMass Walt Lowell but for the most part, he has been very good. And obviously it's always great to have goalie depth. The, you know, this doesn't affect anything at the pro level. He, this is, you know, because 
they're pretty much set there and they have the extra. This really only affects uh, you assume that between. <laughs> well, the funny thing is this might just be. Uh, well, no, I, you know, as I say that, but it, it only affects Hartford really much. And obviously to a lesser extent, Maine, because if between Barube, Adam Hushka and Wall now, there will be the three fighting it out for spots there, and the and the weak link will get that sent down to the uh, to the you know the EHL, um, ECHL, but but that'll be yeah, short lived though, isn't it? Well, aren't yeah. they going to expose one of them? Well, they would potentially expose Barube. Barube, yeah, and I so that's the thing. So I think a part of me knows that Barube isn't stupid, and is probably like, and I don't I don't think the Rangers are stupid because it's like. You know the the I don't think he's the best goaltender to be who will be available, um, or maybe he will be. I don't know. But so you know, best case scenario for him is he gets he actually gets selected and he goes to an organization where he doesn't have to fight through that much depth because they're new. So he want probably want he wants to get selected, you know. But or you know I don't know. The Rangers just give him a nice little cushy uh cushy contract or whatever. But um, yeah. So I mean. Which is the the whole point of of my rambling being well, that well, if you're a goalie, only, if you're a goalie, yeah. why wouldn't you want to sign with the Rangers? I mean, look at the look at the work they've done. With their well, goal. yeah, I think that's the biggest thing, and which you know, and I it's funny because again, there was kind of some speculation that Wall wasn't going to sign, but he has said that like the Rangers have shown him like they took the chance on him. They have shown him the most. Uh, yeah, they they've shown like they 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 really went out of their way when they were scouting him and they like to keep tabs on him. And yeah, I think he's confident. And I think honestly, anything can happen. I think the Rangers know that, hence why they always like to keep their their cupboard stock with goalies. Uh they see I think you'd have to be stupid to see that a lot of goaltenders that go for the Ranger system then get offered jobs elsewhere they're kind they have developed a reputation as a bit of a goalie factory and then that works to their advantage on the trade market it also works to their advantage in terms of acquiring free agent goalies and players like you said you get a chance to work with if you're let's say you're just not a very good goaltender and you're you get a chance to work possibly with either benoit Allaire or with the goalie coaches at hartford that probably adopt a lot of his uh, stuff and he goes down there apparently a good amount or and especially when you come to camp you get to work with him face to face he gives you stuff to work on and so yeah i think it's it's obviously i'm i'm happy cuz it's always good to have uh goalie depth that and i think walls a pretty good player i don't you know him and hushkar uh, you know, I don't know. I, do they ever become National Hockey League goaltenders? Eh, probably not, but it's possible. Honestly, I think they're both pretty talented. You know, they have some issues they need to iron out, but it's there. Um, but the, I think the biggest implication that and why I even brought it up is that I want Ranger fans to um, to not like you're not going to like this, but the Rangers will be selecting a goaltender in this. Not with their first round picks They're not selecting Askarov. That's not what I'm saying, but. They don't have a second rounder currently. They have a third rounder. If the Rangers take a goaltender with the third round with their third round pick because they like to have uh, locate guys and have it stocked, don't freak out. Like I know you want to, but it's you have never had to worry about having a goaltender in your system. You can you can be furious with the. I mean, obviously, outside of someone stupid being available, and it's like it makes sense to drop them, but 
you've never had to worry about this because the Rangers always make sure they have good goalie depth for the last decade plus or whatever. And it, it, whether it's a starter or just a backup for Lundqvist or now Shesterkin, you know, uh, so this this is the one area they they are beyond reproach. Everywhere else you can call them incompetent until the cows come home and question. But I think it's just I'm just trying to get people get I'm trying to break the bad news early because like I think the, them signing Wall almost assured tells me assuredly that they will select a goaltender and I believe it could possibly be pretty pretty high. Which and when I say high, I mean with like the third round pick. Now, where are you coming? out with that information is it rumors speculation it's do, no it's my, you own, think it's it's my strategy own strategy that the rangers are going to move one of their their uh igor uh i i don't think it if really affects igor i don't think i don't think it has anything or, i'm to sorry do not uh, not igor george oh george no no i i, I think it's just more i think it's just looking at how they have drafted the last few years and what when they have pick goaltenders and went under what circumstances. And it usually involves them uh, move when a player signs their ELC, like they, when Huska finally signed his ELC, they immediately in the, the following draft, they, they took a, a you know, cause obviously goaltenders get selected every time, but you can tell the drafts where they really targeted a guy in a mid round and they took him, And then the times where they just said they threw a sixth or seventh round pick, which is different. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about, they are going to use a pick that is obviously once you get out of the, the first round, pretty much all bets are off. Hell, even you can you can say in the tail end of the first round, it, it's murky anyway, and the it's a slim chance. But obviously, the farther you go, the the possibilities get lower and lower. I mean, LOL, Lundquist in a redraft goes seventh round in a, in a redraft. He goes first overall in 2000, right? Did you see but, that? That came out. They redrafted his draft year, draft class. Wait, who did? Like, the NHL. You, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Or NHL network put out like an Instagram post. Well, yeah. And so obviously, but I'm, I'm just saying based on what I know about the Rangers, uh, a feeling in my gut and also just how their modus operandi the last few years, it sounds to me like they, I, I think most likely they will probably target. I could definitely be wrong, especially if there's a player they absolutely love who slips like, you know, uh, with Matthew Robertson when he's, uh, you know, I, I think the, I honestly think he was a player that had, they probably would toyed with taking him much earlier if they, if they were able to, but um, yeah, but it's, um, I just, yeah, I just, it's a, just a gut feeling I have and just knowing how they operate. So I'm just trying to prepare people now. Hey, and if they don't, you can call me stupid and be happy they didn't. Right. But it's just, it's kind of how they operate and it's worked to their favor and it's just an organizational strength and they've never had to worry about goaltending. So why, especially this year, so we've been talking about it on our last few podcasts, James, but so many teams are undone, whether it was their, their starter was breaking down and they just didn't have anyone to look to, or the fact that they, their starter was fine, but was dying under the workload because they couldn't trust their backup because every time they put their backup in and they were pissing away games for them, you know? And it but, does uh, seem like that there's a lot of teams that have a chance at the Stanley Cup that don't have goaltending. I mean, it, exactly. it, 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 it's an issue for the, you know, the big time teams. And you sometimes can scalp a, a little bit of a ransom for, you know, a goalie, you know, through a trade, at, you know, at the deadline, yeah. you know, for a prospect that, you know, maybe you didn't get in the draft. But now that you have this goalie, you flip them for a player that's, you know, a little bit higher in the draft that now you can see as a depth player, you know, down the line, you yeah. know, goalies don't 
bring in a ton, but I mean, no. Yeah, because voodoo. If you're anything like me, you've probably neglected grooming below the belt because you're afraid of cuts and nicks. Well, luckily for us, Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Millions of balls are about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin-safe technology. When I tell you this is a premium, I mean premium. The battery lasts up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. There's an LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer, more precise trim. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. Oh, and let's not forget about the charging stand. You can show your lawnmower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a rapid charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me speak right now, you're one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product, and I want to give you the chance to experience it firsthand for yourself. You get 20% off plus free shipping when you use promo code THPN at manscaped.com. That's THPN as in the Hockey Podcast Network. Visit manscaped.com today and pick up their new Lawnmower 3.0 electric trimmer. Your balls will thank you. Um, yeah, so so that it was a nice surprise to see Tyler Wall sign. Uh, congratulations, like you said, to Nils Lundqvist for winning the uh, SHL Rookie of the Year. Um, what a what a rocket! <laughs> uh, of a you know, he's rocketed up the standings as possibly one of the best prospects not in the NHL now. And people forget he kind of had a pretty shaky D uh, one year after being drafted. That he, you know, he wasn't great. It, he obviously it was good that he was playing in the, the SHL as a, as a teenager because it just showed his uh, his smarts. But yeah, it just he struggled because he was a kid. But he just got so he was just so much better this year. And every time I watched him, uh, definitely more. His skating has been better. Uh, he, uh, he's he's kind of developed that one-timer, which he didn't really have. He was definitely more of a cerebral puck-moving guy, but now he, you know, he scored a, a bunch of goals from the point. So it's just nice to have that, you know, a weapon from the blue line, which is just because he's such a slight guy. But you look at guys like Elias Pettersson, who are entering the hardest shot competition and weigh 170 pounds if they're soaking wet holding a brick, right? So... Uh, he just, yeah, he's got a hard slapper. Uh, the mind is just great. He just worked on everything and he just got better at everything. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's still 19. He's going to be 20, uh, I think this summer. And I yeah. mean, looking at his stats, 45 games, 11 goals, 20 assists, 31 points, uh, 30 penalty minutes, mixing it up a little bit there. And he was a plus 18 in 45 games. Yeah. And I mean, to be it's pretty good, Luli is a pretty, you know, the, the, the Swedish elite league is a pretty balanced league. It's definitely not as uh, you know, all over the place as maybe some of the, K, the KHL teams, although, you know, still the KHL is a, is a great, arguably the second best league in the world. But um, for he was probably one of the Lulia's best defenders on some nights. And that's, you know, and he's like I said, he's a kid. He's still a kid playing against grown men. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, so pleased to see that, you know, the Rangers definitely they gambled on his hockey sense and usually players when they're that smart, they, they know how to work and figure stuff out. And yeah, apparently he was, uh, given stuff to work on and he was 
really took it upon himself to improve. So that just kind of goes to, it just definitely goes to show that when you're gambling on things, if you, if you're gambling on the brain first and foremost, for the most part, it can usually work out in your favor as opposed to gambling on the skills without the, the toolbox. Cause I think if you had asked everyone uh, a year ago, they'd have Keandre, you know, assertively ahead of Nils Lundqvist. And now it's almost, I'd say it's flip flopped. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, yeah. where it's like you had a guy that had the brain, but probably didn't have much of the other things. Although, you know, I mean, Nils has always been skilled and a, a pretty competent skater. But now I'd say he's a pretty good skater. And, you know, Keandre is just a freak. Although I'd say, Ke- in fairness, I'd say Keandre is a different player because he plays a riskier game. But he is definitely much more of a uh, roamer type offensive D-man, you know, so... um who who has like uh, also happens to have elite uh, shutdown ability in the neutral zone because it's hard so hard to gap up or get around him. But yeah, it's just uh, congratulations to him. That's pretty awesome. I mean, with everything that's playing out, he's most likely going to play another, spend another year in the Swedish Elite League, which is great. Honestly, he's he's flourishing. That's a good league to develop in. You know, so many good good D men have seasoned themselves there and then come over, which is uh, yes, I think it's the way to go, especially because their restrictions over there are definitely looser. So they'll definitely return to some sense of normalcy before the U S will. So it makes more sense to, you know, I, I, obviously I was a part of me was excited to get him in the AHL and going, but since we don't know when that is, and it sounds like the SHL will probably resume beforehand. I think it makes sense to let him play there again next year. Well, that's another thing too, that you just, uh, you know, shot into my head was, you know, are a lot of these eight say they don't have any AHL games going into next year or they delay the season till, I don't know, January, February. Yep. I mean, it, you know, obviously if there's another spike, I mean, they could just cancel the season altogether. Are, are these players allowed to go elsewhere? Are they allowed well, to be released? Well, uh, I think it depends, like, because obviously if you're signed, you can have working agreements. Like the Rangers had a working agreement to let Leah Sanderson go back to HV 71. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't, with them, I think they can, they can probably loan players. Yeah. Based on little side deals that I think if they're, if you're signed, it's honestly, the implication for me is more for the kids who are about to get drafted. Hence why another reason I think they want to get them drafted is, or have this done early that they've posted teams is that, uh, you don't know how you're going to be able to start developing these players. The earlier you get this done, the easier it will be you to figure out what's best for them and where to put them, especially if they're uh, European, because the CHL, there's, I don't believe there's a transfer agreement between like the, 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 you know, the major junior teams in Canada and, you know, like with the European leagues. I mean, some who came like, you know, some players like, uh, like Marco Rossi, who is, um, you know, who's Swiss would, would be able to, I think there's a team over there that has the rights. So he could get drafted and then he could go, he could go overseas. Right. But you know, a lot of, you know, you look at uh, Austin Matthews who went to play in Europe right the year after getting drafted, which was probably one of the best things he could have done to be honest. Yeah. Or I'm well, sorry, the year, the year he was year going before, to be yeah, drafted. The, the, yes, yeah. The draft right. year. Yes. Um, yeah, and honestly, yeah, that's that's probably for a lot of these guys, especially knowing that it'll be less restrictive there, it'll be safer probably for them. It's definitely, and I, and honestly, in terms in my own personal philosophy when it comes to these kids, a lot of these kids, like the some of the kids that are getting drafted in this draft, this is a strong draft. Like some of these kids, absolutely, you know, uh, pardon my French, but absolutely, like, like they just fucking <laughs> destroyed yeah. the 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 O this year. Do you think North American players are at a disadvantage 
given the current climate? Uh, like maybe yeah, obviously I'm, not in the first or maybe second round, but like third, fourth, fifth round players. If you have a toss up between a kid that's probably willing to go play, you know, in the Swedish league or in you know in the KHL, you can send them to go play there and not really have to worry about his development being tainted with. You know, it's funny. That's that's something I didn't I didn't really because think about college college sports legit might be postponed. Yeah, so you, there could be no potentially no college season next year. So I don't know what the college players are going to be doing. Junior leagues in America might be canceled. So or yeah, delayed, well, which is funny because and that's a great point. I didn't think of that, but that's actually a good point, James. If you're a team and you're you look at your draft list. And you're like, uh, I'm kind of, you have these guys slotted here. Let's say if the Rangers are picking, let's say with their second pick, somehow Dylan Holloway has, has been pushed back. Although I don't think that's going to happen. But let's say you're, you, your choice is between Dylan Holloway and uh, who's the European guy you could just throw out there. Like William Volander or Marek Kusnadinov or something like that. You could say to yourself, well, I like both these players for these reasons, but here the th- I, they both need stuff to work on. But now I have a feeling I don't know if Holloway will be able to work on this stuff, whereas I think uh, the MHL and the VHL and the KHL will open up or the Swedish Elite League or Altsbank and wherever they're going to, you know, they're going to be, will be operating and they will have camps and they'll have ice time and they'll be able to start working on stuff immediately. That kind of changes things. Like, you know what I mean? I don't care who you are. So it, I think it, it's an interesting well, point that I do think do the AHL doesn't open up. Yeah, that's another thing. <laughs> there's again, there's so many, there's so many questions about like how they're going to do this. Uh, you know, obviously at the pro level, you get to say, well, you know, we're all in the same boat together, kind of. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to drafting players, especially players that might be able, who might be able to start keep working on stuff and refine themselves immediately. I, I think, you know what? I, there's a big possibility that especially maybe like you said, not so much in the early halves of the first round and based on who you think will be better over tall. But I think once you get into the second round, like you might see a lot more, like if Emil Andre or, or Helge Granz or Volander, if he's still there or like, yeah, you know, the Russian guys that don't get a lot of love, your Alexander Poshins, if you're like, you might see a lot more names like European uh, players getting selected in, in subsequent rounds because it's like, well, I know they'll at least be able to start working on their game and we can give them workout plans and this and that, and they can get ice time and their leagues might uh, resume yeah, leagues early. Or talk to the coaches there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, that's so, yeah, that's, that's a great point. And I didn't really think of it, but you're absolutely right. Uh, so yeah, that'd definitely be interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Which man, I guess it would only benefit them pushing it back then from a team standpoint, because at least, yeah. you know, going into it, I mean, the AHL, I mean, so I don't, I just don't, obviously they're not going to allow fans in next season. No, like to AHL games, like, or at least the beginning of it. So the AHL might be done for like another season. I, I don't know. Yeah. It'll, it'll be, it'll be certainly very interesting to see what happens, but if they do it early enough, then I don't think it'll affect the draft. But if they, t- if you say that the draft is now pushed till after we finish the season, and they're gonna hold it, hold it, you know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, I'm of the belief that the draft will still happen before hockey resumes in any way, shape, or form. Uh, 
if I mean, who knows? I I I still have that, even though they've been talking so much like that a playoffs will be completed. There is still a there is still a a sizable chance that they finally say we hit too many walls. It's it's done. The dream is dead. You know. Yeah. So, but they're they're hell bent on on pushing as far as they can, and that's a lot of that is the money. A lot of that is outside pressure. Uh, you know, from from fans. A lot of that is outside. I think just honestly, it's public pressure to try to like take a more assertive stance on returning to normalcy and it's like trying to figure this out because if we don't figure this out now, it's like, we'll be able to figure out then, you know, you know, there's a lot of factors, but yeah, it's just yeah, it's the rabbit, the rabbit hole is super deep. So, and then honestly, it's like one of those things that they're, they're going to have to make that first decision, but obviously no one wants to be the one to make the first decision yet. Uh, but I don't know if the league, because when they had, we, we talked about them saying that they, they said within the next two weeks, they would, right? They said, they said it'd be early, but they said at the latest, it would be two weeks. Well, I think we're coming on two weeks now. We haven't heard anything. So I'm interested to hear if anything comes out, but, or to see if, if anyone does a deep dive, if, if Elliot Friedman has, you know, his next 31 thoughts, it's like, why we haven't heard anything. Like what, what did, what are the GM say? What are the NHLPA saying? So yeah, who knows? Uh, and I think a lot of it has to do is because no one really knows. You know, no, the health experts don't really know because there's experts on both sides of, you know, opening up and not opening up. And listen, sports are phase four listed, you know, federally. So and, and at, you know, at the state levels, most entertainment is phase four, which is like the last phase <laughs> of opening up. And we're not really yeah. in, even in phase two yet. So at, at a lot of places, especially New York City area. So. I know, you know, the league was exploring different cities and stuff like that, but, you know, those cities are going to have to be open and moving and they're going to have to, at least for a month, I would imagine, so they can sort of detect if there is another spike, you know, and then you have to go back to phase one again, which is what, like, it's crazy to me that the NHL and the NBA aren't saying, listen. This isn't going to happen. Nothing's going to happen until late summer. Like it is what it is. And we'll delay next season. And honestly, it's not the worst thing in the world just to delay next season and permanently start the season in December. And then have playoff hockey, the season and playoff hockey into the summer. You're not competing against anything. Baseball. You know what I mean? It's not a bad move for the NBA and the NHL to push their leagues in their seasons into the summer. Yeah. Like you're going up against football, a majority of, of your season, you're going to lose that 10 out of 10 times. But if you push the season permanently, and this could be a way to push that, that permanence. I know everyone loves October and stuff like that, but let October be football, November be football, December, you know, you're starting now you're getting, you know, towards the end of the NFL season and playoffs are going to start. That's when you start your season. Once the NFL done, is done, now NBA and NHL, your guys are the number one sports. And you're going to ride that into the summer. No one's going to watch baseball. You guys picked up all those, you know, viewers. Could you yeah. imagine in the summertime, Rangers are in a playoff race at the beginning of the summer, and then they make it, and all summer long you get to watch New York Rangers playoff hockey. Outside, the yeah. bars are open. I mean, what's better than that? No, that's, yeah. That would you know be what I mean? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and that's obviously the the big fight has been delayed, uh, delayed satisfac pure satisfaction and grat and you know gratification versus like true, 
Yeah. Well, you know, and I think, uh, I don't know if they even, they can predict what the, fin- the financially, how, if it's like, yeah, or how it will affect them if people will be so starved that putting things out early actually gets them in terms of TV side. But I, you know, I think for the, N- the NHL specifically, a lot of it is that they're, how their, this current contract has been structured. Uh, I do wonder if this affects negotiations for if they do return to NBC or if they decide to try to like pitch to someone else or Fox or whatever, uh, ABC, whoever, ESPN, hell, um, that if, yeah, I, I am, I'd be very curious to see how that affects those, that contract in terms of, uh, money up front because it's like for them, yeah, they were really, this kind of showed how, (laughs) how bent over a barrel it kind of has them sometimes. Yeah. You know, and they're and they're especially you know the hard feelings with the the Olympics, right? Because NBC is a the Olympic provider. Yeah. So not having to feel um, the league not wanting to feel be at odds with them if they want to make you know because obviously the owners hate the Olympics because it's like their players their players get hurt, uh, which is another thing we haven't even talked about. If someone gets hurt playing in a in a the fake pandemic cup Stanley cup, you know, and then it, they're out all of next year because they like, they shattered their tibia in three places, but we won't even get into that. Cause then no, we'll no, just no. keep talking for another hour. But, um, but yeah, I think it's funny because I don't, I wonder if that affects things in terms of what the league at, will be looking for with their next TV contract. If they want to push to be closer to like the NBA be like most of their money off television, then they'd really have to do a better job uh, stepping up in the outside areas outside of just their strictly their game content. Cause you know, the NBA does such a good job with, uh, their, their, pa- their panel shows and all that stuff that do great numbers, you know, and even the subsequent sports talk, uh, around it, you know what I mean? They'd really have to push to improve in those areas, but yeah, just something to think about, right? Cause you don't, you're tired of, uh, being, <laughs> having to not just deal with the players association, but having to now deal with, the you know the the network being like why will you not release your athletes for the olympics and it's going to affect our negotiation yeah you know they don't want that so yeah and you know what the nhl also i mean you talk about the nba and their panels and stuff like that on these networks i mean they get the star players of these leagues to be a part of it i mean you never hear wayne gretzky on any media He's never there. You never hear him. You you don't have no idea who Wayne Gretzky is if you're a kid growing up in 2000 and you're not really a hockey fan. You might not even know what Wayne Gretzky looks like. I mean, yeah. they they got Charles Barkley. They they got Shaq. I mean, they got some of the best players of all time to be sitting on yeah. these these panels. And and in fairness, and I I don't I hate to disrespect the great one because he is great. And and I actually did see that for NHL like He did something where he like spoke. He interviewed over Skype the uh, yeah. or Zoom the draft prospects, which is cool. A tremendous ambassador for the game. Watching paint, it's like watching talk. Listening to Wayne Gretzky talk sometimes is like he obviously has like that quiet like greatness about him, but he, you know he's not Char- Sir Charles. He's not Shaq. He doesn't command pr- like he can't make you laugh like that. He doesn't command presence. Like obviously the NHL. You know, yeah, they have Brett Hull, guys like Brett Hall, uh, probably Chris Chelios. They have I mean, some they have Jr. I guess Jeremy Roenick, but now he's gone. Um, <laughs> he's canceled. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's it's they. I'm saying they, like those, hard- those people need to do guest spots, like Gretzky, Lemieux, like those guys. They need to yeah. do guest spots, and I know like <laughs> they might not want to, but at the same time, yeah. like the league should be pushing 
or they should. You, you know between like NBC Sports like between periods like why are you not interviewing Wayne Gretzky or Marlon Lemieux showing highlights and being like you know you know just you know kiss their ass kiss the ring a little bit show something like yeah like right now every the how when th- everyone's watching um the MJ documentary religiously and it's mm-hmm. amazing you know and obviously the personalities involved are like are crazy and they're just the side support characters like you know pippen and uh, rodman, rodman like all, you know even uh, to a lesser extent uh, phil jackson phil jackson yeah so it's like are these are they're supporting characters and they and themselves are huge personalities you know what i mean yeah so it's just like you know obviously the one thing is that the nhl is very afraid of showing its warts it doesn't like it where i think the nba almost embraces saying is like this guy had gambling problems and was yeah. an asshole and everyone hated him but not not that you know not that i'm it's not that it's like that is an officially sanctioned documentary but you know what i'm saying like they don't shy away they understand I mean, that when you let guys show personality there's a good and a bad that comes with it and they don't shy away from that they say it is what it is you know if we we obviously we will try to do what we can and we'll have might have to police them sometimes if they they step out of line but for the most part we're just going to let them say whatever and and shit talk each other and all this other stuff you know yeah, and like, listen, you can say what you want about MJ. Gretzky dominated hockey more than MJ dominated basketball. Yeah, I mean, it was he was just way more obviously marketable. And yeah, and I'm not taking away from anything that Jordan did. Obviously, he was you know. No. Like, I would argue. I'd also argue that uh, the parity in the NBA at that time was uh, much higher than what yeah, Gretzky dominated on a, a bigger basis. But I think MJ, uh, in fairness to him, like it was. I think the level of competition was a lot higher every night where, you know, Gretzky would be challenged, obviously, but, you know, obviously wasn't dominant. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, he was, Jordan was in the grinder. That Gretzky put up are. Oh, no, they're never, never, will never be replicated. They can't be replicated because it's just, it's that unbelievable. Now you're telling me that the NHL can't put out a documentary series, a 10 part documentary series about Gretzky and what he did in Edmonton. And then he gets the big trade to try to grow the game of hockey, you know, and that, that King's ransom document 30 for 30 is awesome. It's great, but you can extend on that. And then, you know, and then, no, exactly. you know, going to St. Louis and ending his career in New York and, and just like the whole story and the stories of the guys that played with them who, you know, were, had different roles on the team and just like, you know, how weird it was to be on the same team and the same ice as a guy who, you know, put up 50 goals quicker than anybody else. And he was putting up arcade numbers. Like it was a joke. Yeah. You know, it's weird because I also, I do feel like in Canada, you, they get that, but in the U S we don't get enough exposure to that. And like, they need to air that shit more. They have to, they should force it. They should Mm -hmm. like, I don't care if you have to pay off NBC classic to be like, all right, we're going to do a 10 part series. Episode one will be, about Wayne, episode two will be about Mario. Maybe episode three is about um, uh, Eric Lindros and the whole like nixing the getting drafted by the Nordiques and forcing his way, and then Philly. You know, maybe maybe episode four is about Theo Fleury and all that craziness. You know, like but have them be just like Chris they Chelios. definitely I mean, need to do. De- they do. They, you could do. They the NHL like on in terms of like how they present them uh, for the on ice product and like the hockey hall of fame, they, they do, they deify in their own sphere, 
these guys, but they don't do a good job deifying them outside. Like, there's so many NHL legends that if you showed a picture to someone, they'd be like, I don't know who that is. Even Wayne Gretzky, for the most part. That's they might I'm... might know Wayne Gretzky, and that's it. Because, And even people that don't know, like, they know who Dennis Rodman is. They know who Charles Barkley is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, like they don't. They might have never watched him play basketball, but they know, like, oh, that's Sha- like yeah, Shaq's different. I get it. He had a, a a little movie career, and he's huge. But like, they know who Yao Ming is. Like, you know what I mean? Like these people, absolutely. Like, I mean, you, I mean, right now you couldn't even. I guarantee you showed some kids that claim to be hockey fans. If you showed them, you know, pictures. I mean, if you did that to me, I wouldn't even know who some of these guys are. Yeah. Like if you showed me, like you know, uh, I'm just trying to think of like, like. All right. If I if I showed a picture to a thousand hockey fans and it was a picture of Jaden Schwartz, guess how many people would get it? Me. Oh, because I just so happen to be a Jaden Schwartz fan. Yeah, maybe maybe three people. If they're a Blues fan, they might. But but if you looked at his stats, he'd be a star in the NBA. Yeah. You know, he he people would know exactly. He's like a J.R. Smith of the NBA. You know what I mean? Where not overwhelming stats, but a guy who contributes on a everyday basis. You know what I mean? It's like. They just hide behind the helmet, never really talked about, and that's it, you know? Yeah. And it's just crazy. I, I, like, even Tarasenko, I guarantee you, none of my friends who are not diehard hockey fans would know who Tarasenko is. Yeah, no. Well, you know, and I think it's good that you have a guy, like, kid like Austin Matthews and, like, Bieber or tight or whatever. Like, that's good. That stuff's yeah. good. Like, no, absolutely. I want T- I, no offense, Austin, but I want TMZ following you around and catch when you uh, moon a woman in a parking garage. Like, you know, oh. I don't, should you be doing that? No, but whatever. It's, like, the fact that, I mean, like, Chris Shelley said it best. With, with, with the whole, you know. He goes, if we had social networks around when we were younger, oh, forget uh, about oh, it. Oh, was, like, was that Chelios, though, or was that... No, that was JR, wasn't it? Or no, was it, it was, JR? Um, no, it was Brett I, Hull. Maybe it was Brett Hull. Oh, wait, are, are, you, Brett are you talking about the, when Austin Matthews, or are you talking about with the, the recent thing with Leipzig? Well, no, no, not the recent thing. No, oh, it, oh, it wasn't Leipzig. Oh, yeah, then it probably I was Chelios. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, you've heard some of the stories about what what edit, those old time guys did to not just you know to to each other to pranks they pulled to to wild fights to to benders and nudity and drugs and all that stuff yeah it wouldn't have been crazy i mean but at, at the other time it's like uh like you know a guy like it was harder to get but it's crazy some of the reputations guys had in a time where like if you like to to be like you had to be really crazy for your exploits to like get out there you know what i mean like yeah. to be in the paper if, if a team couldn't like cover it up or whatever so um and not to mention but, like if you are on the first line or first d pair or the starting goalie forget about it they definitely yeah. weren't writing about you no no exactly but, uh i do want to finish off i guess because we're over an hour now uh yeah, with the, well since we brought up the jordan documentary the story about michael jordan and gretzky when they were in Vegas at the craps table and they had the waitress came over and she, you know, delivered their drinks and, uh, Jordan put a, you know, threw a $5 chip on her tray and Gretzky pulled the chip off, put it back on his pile, grabbed a hundred dollar chip and put it back on the lady's tray. And he looked at Jordan. He goes, this is how we tip in Vegas. Power move. I love it. Basically manhandling the best basketball player of all time. Just putting him in his back pocket. 
that's a hockey player. Oh, yeah, exactly. And I mean, listen, we it's a double edged sword because I, you know, it's you can come for the, 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 the hockey players being meek and whatever all day, you know, or, or like or not wanting to be about themselves or being too like. But yeah, I mean, Wayne is the most gentlemanly superstar of all time. You know, I mean, I'm sure there's might be another one. I'm not thinking Dale Earnhardt Jr. might be an amazing guy. I don't know. But uh, in terms of that love for a guy at that level to be a consummate supporter of the sport that he was, you know, he, he, he Wayne almost kind of sees himself as a it's like a protector of like hockey in, and it's its spot in pop culture and in history. You know, yes, he doesn't do a lot of crazy. Yeah, he's not like the most out there openly but like he does a very he makes it he does a very good job of like trying to like uh to preserve like its its image and its legacy and take and make sure it's seen in in, like the highest regard you know what i mean so yeah that's a power move on his part uh and that's just being a decent human being you know like he said we what jordan's jordan's drive to be the best was based on that it was basically like i it was a very much like i need to be the pinnacle of everything and push the envelope on everything you know it was very him but we're wayne at the same time you know it's like he kind of talks about there's always that talk about he's like he always wanted to score but when like the score would get out of like was out of hand he would like just try to like bank you know he just send a high lob that he thought would easily get but the goalie bobbled it and it like goes in the net and he gets like it's like the seventh goal of the night and he felt like absolute crap because he didn't want to embarrass the guy you know yeah, that was his intention crazy because you imagine yeah. if he had a killer instinct like well well but the the funny thing is i have heard pushback on that not pushback but i've heard that like listen wayne would like no matter what unless it was ridiculous he would always score like he would always shoot to score and push to score but he like if it he but if it was at a point that it was just it was literally just brutal you know he would stop but like if he you know back even in the 80s if he, if the score was like if it, if edmonton was up you know uh 5 to 1 he would still score but apparently at this point it was like 7 or something and he was just like he, it was the dying seconds and it was like the game was thoroughly in hand you know what i mean a, a, a comeback was impossible so i heard he would always push the envelope but if it was like assuredly not they were not coming back he and he would and anything subsequent wouldn't help him it would only serve to embarrass like someone else like he didn't want it like you know well even in the dying seconds of a game you know you see the guys kind of take it easy in the in the board battles and they're not really you know yeah. there's well it's crazy though some of the documentaries i mean some of the documentaries that you've watched with them like with some of the records he was setting he wasn't really even thinking about them during the game like there was no, no urgency he, to set these records. I mean, maybe that worked for him. And if he did have that killer instinct where he's like, I need to do this every night. Like you guys need to be better. Like I want to win. I feel like he wasn't like that. He was almost just like, like, I'm just going to do the very best. And I want the very best out of my hockey team. But like at the same time, he knew that like putting that pressure on himself to be the end all be all maybe was worked against him maybe you know during the for the 50 goals and 50 games thing um uh i do apparently like in order to break because it was i think it was mike bossy's record right before prior to him so like driving the rink apparently like paul coffee tells a story that like you know it was like he he needed four goals or something crazy so i was like ah like you know man like hey listen like 
but he Wayne was just kind of like, no, I'm, I'm going to, I think I'll get it. I, I have a feeling I'll get it. Like just he, with he comp, with the quiet comp. He's like, I'm going to get it tonight. <laughs> Watch yeah. It. He, and he yeah. scores like four goals. Yeah. Oh which my is, God. It gave me chills when I heard that story. Yeah. And I mean, it's sometimes it's like, you know, when people talk about Wayne, they kind of make fun of 80s goaltending and like whatever. But it's like no one else could do it. Like, and those guys were still like, you know, for the time relative, they were good. The problem is the stats. There wasn't even someone who was close. Yeah, exactly. What, like, what, what's everyone else's excuse? <laughs> like, Right. That's what I mean. Like, listen, if you want to say like, oh, scoring in general was up back then and they were scoring, you know, 12 goals a game, you know, both teams, you know, you know, six, five, seven, five games. That wasn't the case. No, that wasn't the case at all. His stats are insane. If you took away his goals and just kept his assist, he has more points than anyone who's ever played the game. Like, that's that's insane to me. Yeah. I don't know. There's just no, there's no one like it. And the closest thing I think people will ever see really of it was Tiger Woods in his prime dominating. Cause that was like a joke, but yeah. But anyway, all right. Do you want to wrap things up here? Uh, yeah. Hold on. Where is it right here? Sorry. I'm, I'm trying to pull something up. No, no, no. Unless you want to keep going, I'll keep going. No, no, no. Actually it was, uh, I just wanted to make it. So just, you know what? I think, I had some things I would talk about, but I think it'll be better to to spend it to its own episode next time. Okay. Uh, just for reference, when when Wayne Gretzky retired, like his final season in New York, he was retiring. He finished with sixty two points. Like that, you know, this is his last year over the hump. That put him thirty third in the league. So like at the time, you know, he was still like he was still a, among the top thirty. You know, arguably, you could say, and that's just because I think he, you know, he's obviously going to be more, always more of an assist guy. So he had like, he had 53 assists and nine goals. But like, you know, it's, that's just, it's just crazy. It's, he, he was amazing. Um, I, I just, yeah, I just, I just thought that would be something to think, to, to meditate on. Like, it's very rare to like when you to, when you retire you're you've it's usually after you've taken that downswing he just knew it was time with the injuries and like even wayne in a new era of hockey because he had played for so long and he had you know had he so now this is wayne playing you know and this is what 1990 like i said the 98 99 season you're 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 in the that's the clutch and grab era we're in it like the you know the high scoring kind of ends right the rangers win the cup there's a lockout and then we were kind of the devils, you know, uh, with the, the trap and, and clutch and grab. Like, so he, he's in it and he still puts up, uh, 63 points. So, I mean, amazing. I mean, you're a very good player. If you're putting up over 50, like you're very good. I I mean, and honestly it was, you know, obviously things were comical in his heyday in terms of point totals, but at this time, uh, I mean, if you look at where, how many points did Kucherov finish with? Like 121 uh, yeah, I believe two years ago so. last year? And something like I, that. And McDavid had close to that, right? Then, uh, some, yeah, ago. something close. So, I mean, that year, Yager was the leading. Uh, he won the, um, the Art Ross, and he had 127 points. So it's almost like things kind of, you know, I mean, and comparable. honestly, if you, uh, yeah, it's like, I think his scoring seems to have ever so slightly gone back up a little bit in recent seasons after like, you know, I forget a few years ago where it was like the highest point getter in the league had like 90, 97 points or something like that. But well, they, yeah. didn't they address but, that? The NHL had to put out a statement about 
no one hitting 100 points. <laughs> then that, didn't they make goaltending changes the next year? Uh, yeah, well, they started changing the equipment. They started changing yeah, the equipment. The but, but, you know, it's funny. Well, you know, the funny thing is, and I and and it's different now, and you've seen it, and that and because goalies, they would always ask the goalies, and they say, you know why? Because these guys, they go, all they do is they 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 do hurdles and ride their bikes and do plyometric uh, workouts and and lifting, and we're on the ice working on our game. Hence, why we've come become so good in the hat. But now you've seen the last few years, guys more than ever, they work with skills guys. So now everyone can shoot the puck, everyone can skate, like you know. Like, uh, yeah, like, so yeah, even, you know, it, we're obviously finally kind of seeing, I think you, you, you gotta think that outside of Michael Haley, like, I, I, I feel like I say this every year, like Cody McC- Tanner glass is like the last, you know, truculence guy in the NHL. And then like Cody, Cody McLeod is like, Cody McLeod is the last truculence guy. Now it's like Michael Haley is the last, like, yeah. but you know, Michael Haley can't do much else. But from a purely being able to skate up the ice, he can skate up the ice with speed and be he's not going to factor into the into the play, but he will at least be in the zone with you, you know, so yeah. it's like pretty crazy. But uh, yeah, no, it's just so it's just the game. You know, I think it's it, you've obviously we've seen that the skill is finally is catching up and why we're seeing it seems like uh, more we're seeing more high scoring games and, and stuff like that, because that, like I said, everyone's so skilled right now. So, yeah. yeah. No better time to start marking your players than now when you have more natural uh, natural skill and uh, pizzazz than ever. I agree. All right. So thank you for listening to us ramble for yet another hour. Hopefully we have some more news. We do have some other fun uh, uh, episodes coming up between interviews and other segments and rankings. And uh, we've, we, I've, I'm still receiving good uh, feedback for our episode ranking hockey movies and I've and pushed back especially from some of uh, the older generation uh, maybe addressing something so maybe we'll have to revisit that or at least we had spoken about doing documentaries so we might do that in the future but we hope everyone continues to stay safe and uh, who am I going to give it to this week uh, yeah you know what congratulations to Nils Lundqvist on winning the SHL Rookie of the Year uh, we hope to see you in a blue jersey as soon as possible so uh, yeah, it, this season is yours, Nils. So congratulations. It's Nils Lungfist with a K season. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod. And please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.